Welcome to Odds and Ends, the Star Gods podcast. We're here trying to get ready for the week ahead. I'm Dave Singh here with Rob Friesen. Good evening, Rob. Good evening. Still no music. We're not circling back to that branding, are we? (laughs) (laughs) I was a one-hit wonder with my little jingle there. (laughs) Well, keep looking. We need need a good little jingle. Maybe once the markets calm down, we have time to focus on that kind of minutia, right? Uh, But... uh, so I uh, hope you, Dave, and all those in Radio Land um, took good care of their mamas today. We did. We did like a two-day Mother's Day. Oh, you had a two-day weekend with Mother's Day. Eh? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. A couple that's generations. Uh, two grandmas and the wife. <laughs> you can always tell a good person if they love their mama, hey? Eh? <laughs> all right. Um, so we got, uh, you know, another busy week ahead of us. Um it's going to be interesting on the on the follow through from the sell off last week. So why don't you review what uh, how did things end both on the sort of sector side as well yeah. as uh, maybe the small caps versus large caps, anything like that? Well, I mean, last week we had some big movements. So, I mean, midweek we had the FOMC, so like a thousand points up, a thousand points down. But um, for the entire week, like even the queues the were barely um, for on the week down 1.28%. So it seems like such a dramatic uh, week and such a big sell-off, but we were only down 1.28% on the NASDAQ and minus 0.16% on the, the spider. So right. I think between the media and all the hoopla and the, the giant moves, there's a lot of hysteria, but we really haven't done much damage during the, during the week. So that's one thing to observe. And then also, um, we have some groups that just really did well on the week and did poorly. Again, energy is the, the leader for the, the past week, up 7.41%, where consumer cyclical was down minus 3.89, right? So we have quite a divergence between the best sectors and the worst sectors. And um, and I think there's just a lot of emotion and a lot of chatter and hysteria. We really haven't done much um, on the downside or upside in the past week, just slightly down. Okay. Um, on the earnings uh, schedule coming up this week, uh, starting tomorrow pre-market, we have uh, Bio, BioNTech, uh, that's BNTX. Um, so that might affect Pfizer, Moderna, and some of the others as well. You know, you do get sympathy uh, plays sometimes. Uh, Planeteer Technologies, we have Tyson Foods. And then... Um, we also have AMC, After the Bell, and SPG, Simon Group Properties, and um, we've got Facebook, Meta, Meta Platforms, as it is now. I keep calling things by their old names. Um, then we have Wholesale Inventories and Sales and Employment Trends. Tuesday, we get into Fox A Corp, Fox Corp, and we have Hyatt, Peloton, Planet Fitness, uh, Cisco Corp, which is S-Y-Y, and that's before the market. After the bell, we have Electronic Arts, EA, Oxy Petroleum, Roblox, and Sophie. There's H- others, too. I'm, I'm H- not, H- I'm not, block, yeah. Yeah, I'm not covering everything, but... Uh, and then Wednesday pre-market, we have uh, Wendy's, uh, Beyond Meat, Bumble, Rivian. I think Ford is talking about 
cutting some of its Rivian holdings, right? Yeah, uh, I heard that. Uh, yeah, and Disney, and then we got ZipRecruiter. See, uh, and then Google is after the market. Alphabet Inc. Uh, then we have Thursday pre-market. We have Six Flags. See how that's doing with the discretionary spending availability, right? And we got uh, WeWork. <laughs> that's funny. Um, Poshmark. And then we have Microsoft after the bell. And then Friday, we have consumer sentiment. Um, There'll be some other things along the way, but but we just rattle off a few things here for you guys. Uh, we have PPI on Thursday as well, right? And then we have CPI on Wednesday, and then federal budget deficit, weekly mortgage applications. Uh, so those are on Wednesday as well. So that looks like the hump in the middle of the week there with uh, some more important, like CPI is pretty important, and then followed by PPI on Thursday. Okay, I got to rattle off some uh, futures things here. So when I look at the daily on the Dow Jones futures, we are sitting probably the best out of the four horsemen here. Because we're kind of sitting right on the spike down that we had which was a reversal day we reversed the whole thing on may the second you remember that we went down and we kind of reversed all and then of course we launched up from there and then all the way back down so it's sitting right on that level and if we break that we still get to go back to another low which was march the 8th and then the lower low below that which was february 24th so we've got We've got more numbers here on the Dow on the Dow futures. When we get into the S&P 500, um, we've only got the low that we had on May 2nd. We're still sitting just above that. And when we go to the NASDAQ 100, we've already taken out May 2nd low. Mm -hmm. And we're quite a bit below that now. And when I flip over to the weekly, it's air pocket down to March the 5th low, um, which was, that was March of 2021, March 5th, 2021. So a year ago. Yeah. Um, so that that's, uh, that's a pretty big number, actually. I'll read that, I'll rattle that off. Um, well, this is the NASDAQ 100 futures, so you probably need to go to the queues. Just go back and look it's at March the 5th. Yeah, it's like NASDAQ 12,182 kind of. Yeah, exactly. Like so, and then, you know, um, if that doesn't hold, I mean, the air pocket just continues, right? Mm -hmm. So when we go to the Russell, we look at the Russell on the daily, it's already taken out. You know, the whole month of May was pretty much taken out numbers anyway on the Russell. And that's a... a pretty sad performer and considering usually between May and October uh, small caps do worse anyway um, yeah. but when you've done been been looking at some of your baskets you notice how if you can select really good candidates in the Russell 2000 they give you some good bang for your buck right yeah 
It's just the problem of, you know, what do you select? So you got to you got to find the best in breed for sure. It's a little bit of a hunting thing, but stock odds can help you with the Russell 2000. That's for sure. Um, so that's I mean, we just don't have I have to go to the weekly and we have um, two areas of former resistance to test as we come down to that. Maybe it might be new support. One was from uh, September uh, of 2018, and the other is just before we fell off the cliff in uh, 2020. So we had we had a couple good numbers in mm -hmm. the beginning of the year in 2020, and then of course uh, COVID took us down like crazy. So like not a lot of support other than those former resistance areas might be new support. Yeah. Okay, and uh, if we go to uh, Euroland, you know, uh, we're starting to uh, break down there too. Uh, they have the same problem with March uh, lows, March 7th, mm -hmm. uh, some good testing down there. Um, the DAX as well. We're just starting to take out April support, and we have to go down into March as well. But the dance is the holding VIX. up pretty good compared to yeah. Us. Well, it is it is actually, but you know, there's there's still troubles ahead. Um, and then the VIX is staying elevated, uh, you know, above 25, up into the 30s. We're at 31.75 right now, up 3.07. So looking at um, where we are right now, the Dow Jones futures are down one percent, or 334 points. Uh, S and P is down 1.03% or 42.5 points. NASDAQ is down 0.85%, almost 1%, at minus 108 points. Russell is down at 1.12%, 20 points. And the VIX is up, as I said, up 3.04%. So uh, this is how we are now. And of course, things can change for Monday morning, but, but I'm sensing there's a lot less arguments as we go on as we have had much of the larger companies in the S&P 500 and Nasdaq 100 are report earnings so I don't know what kind of new catalysts are on the horizon for us um, tomorrow is victory day for uh, Putin and the, and the parade uh, whatever he's going to announce you know, could be uh, of importance, could hurt the market. Uh, what else? Um, I mean, we we're we're still, you know, we still have to face the reality that we had a Fed announcement, and we popped up and we gave it all back plus, mm -hmm. and now we are going to follow through. So. You know, we just don't have the Fed as a backstop to the market, you know, not coming through to rescue us. Um, and even though they took the 75 hike off the table, we've got two more 50s to go. And we've already had a little bad taste in our mouth with the first 50, right? And that 10-year keeps creeping up. We're at 3.14 now. Yeah, so that's that's you got to follow, you know, you got to follow the bond traders for sure. They really uh, are much more, I believe, research orientated than equity uh, traders are. So follow the bonds. Um, that's a good tell. And they're doing the work of the Fed for them to some degree. But you know, we're st we still got the hikes the next two meetings, right? 
Um, so the punch bowl has been taken away. People have to come to reality with that. And, you know, there's not as a lot of new money. I'll give you an example. You might have seen that article that uh, all of the all the retail gains that happened in 2020, 2021, and into the beginning of this year, 2022, all of those gains have been wiped out. They're back to where they were before, before the pandemic, right? Um, so all of that stimulus money that went into the market, you're not getting more of that. No. But at the same time, things are more expensive than they were in 2020. Mm-hmm. They're more expensive than they were in 2019, <laughs> you know. Um, and, you know, a lot of people had a lot of things going for them, you know, in, in the sense of all of the aspects of the stimulus, you know, there was, there was rents, you know, uh, subsidies or landlords couldn't hike rent or they, some people didn't have to pay for a while or, you know, and it went on and on and on. Right. So you add everything together and it is, you know, more reckoning time with, uh-huh. with the valuations that these markets have had the speculation that's been there. But what and, about the argument on the flip side, right? Like home equity values are really high still. Consumer debt is really low. Like savings are still up. People have bit more buffer than they did like in the recession in 2008. Well, they may, they may have the ability to weather the storm until we get back to, you know, interest rates. Maybe the next thing that comes along and they, they're forced to, you know, start going backwards again. Uh-huh. Um they may be able to weather it until then, but like think about the appetite for new speculation. Wouldn't, wouldn't you rather just hold things tight, stay in cash? Mm-hmm. You know, the I mean, appetite for risk is gone. Like look at Bitcoin even after the weekend, it's down again. Well, that's a good point. And um, you, you make a very good point. It's down at what, 33,000 or so, 33,000? Yeah. Like it's broken through the 35, right? And the ARC funds, again, like, 52-week low on that. Uh, so I mean, look at look at the look at the dollar too, right? So I mean, the thing is, you should be if the dollar's strong, you should short metals. The metals are weak, um, and the dollar just it had a little bit of a pause for last week for a bit, and then it's uh, back on uh, making new highs again. Yeah. And look at the commodity-rich countries' currencies; they're they're sliding back down again. So, so we're seeing a really strong dollar and hey, I mean, if, if people are selling their Bitcoin, which probably is part of the reason it's going down, what would you be taking in its place? If you get rid of all your Bitcoin, what would you grab? Dollars. I I would say dollars. (laughs) So it puts a demand on dollars too, right? So, (laughs) um, it's, it's a very interesting scenario here with these cryptos. Ethereum is actually probably doing worse than uh than bitcoin and it's mm-hmm. it's the one that you know should have more argument for uh use case because all the apps are built on it but it's it's suffering so yeah speculation changes when when you don't have an accommodative fed when you don't have a lot of stimulus money when things are tightening rates are rising um, lenders are are starting to change and hold back. It, it it just changes the flow of money, mm-hmm. and it does 
change the appetite for speculation. Um, I'll give you an example from the, the top 10 list that we, we covered on Friday. Um, so one of the stocks had a very high PE multiple, and that's the one stock that did, you know, was down the most. It was down 4.55%. The other ones were fine, but they had very low PEs. Mm-hmm. So we're still seeing this, like if, if I'm thinking about tomorrow, right, which is part of the reason that you and I come together is discuss what are we going to do tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. Because, the, because the Dow is, has a lot more support underneath it, we talked about that earlier here, and because they're more defensive and some of those PEs are lower and they're dividend paying, that becomes a smarter choice than going into speculative uh, technology stocks that have high PEs. Mm-hmm. Now that means that if the market does open down and swings back and, and, and people come in and do take risk, you're not gonna get paid as well because you're, you're in the more defensive stuff. But if you're short the market, which is still got the fangs exposure and your long more defensive names, then you can actually come out okay even if the market drops a lot. We've had many days where the long list had alpha over the spy and then hedged, it had a profitable outcome. Mm -hmm. So that's my choice Mm -hmm. for tomorrow is defensive, Mm -hmm. blue chips, dividend payers, lower PEs. That would be what I would be leaning to. Why don't you go through some of the sector uh, observations and maybe uh, to mid-month seasonality coming up uh, on Thursday? Yeah. But before you do that, I was looking at the Dow right now, and um, 11 of the components are still up on the year. So like Chevron, Dow Chemical, Merck, Travelers, Coke, Amgen, Caterpillar. These are still green, even though all the damage we've had this year. So that defensive posture seems... Well, you know, that, that that started on the second trading day. Yeah. Of the year. Uh-huh. Remember, remember me uh, watching the action on on well, being part of the action on uh, the first trading day, uh-huh. and then it was like kind of they they bought the small caps. Remember that? And it was kind of like whoa. And so the next the next day, I I went more risk on, and it actually it, it didn't perform very well. And then I I analyzed and I thought, wait a minute, they're going after these low PE things and they're selling all the high P things. So I encourage people to shift to that model of kind of when you're screening, make sure then you, your choices are, are better value propositions. And that's, that's overall held up for the year, except for some of those violent rally days where they just want to buy all the NASDAQ stuff again, right? So you want to do the mid-month seasonality stuff next? Uh, yeah, sure. Go yeah. ahead. So um, mid-month seasonality is generally the ninth and tenth business day of the month. That puts us on Thursday and Friday this week. But um, like we were discussing earlier, there is a caveat if this week is pretty nasty that um, money flow might be pushed over to the next week, which is the next Monday, Tuesday. But either way, there are some uh, symbols that are expected to outperform and underperform the spider. Uh, according to the the almanac. So the spider is expected to do plus 0.74% uh, during this m- mid-month seasonality window. And I broke it down to see which ones are expected to outperform and underperform. So the ones that outperform, things like um, IWM, the small caps, QQQ, 
um, uh, financials, the chip stocks, biotech. These are some of the themes that are expected to outperform. And some of the ETFs, uh, specifically like XLB, XLC, expected to really outperform um, energy, financials, industrials, and technology, and especially the SMH. So um, those are expected to outperform. And things to underperform are staples, utilities, healthcare, and even discretionary. And gold, like you said, the metals, gold is expected to do poorly, and silver relative to the spider. So those are the general themes. And then I was trying to play within, um, since, since semiconductors are expected to outperform, I, I wanted to get more granular and see uh, which stocks within the chip industry might do better and worse. And it's mixed. So what's, what's nice about the almanac is you can actually type in a specific symbol and see um, how it might do during that window. And you have an example here. NVIDIA expected to do 4.97% during um, mid-month seasonality, where things like Intel only plus 0.42. So there's lots of pair opportunities or basket opportunities within uh, semiconductors um, that could be constructed. I think I might be doing that later this week. Is see, that's that's a good way to approach it. If you're if you don't want to pick a direction, you're uncertain. You know what the ramifications that could be. Then then go and choose your you know best ones within the group to be long and the other ones to be short. Right. Yeah. And even some of the big um, FANG stocks, so things like Apple and Netflix are expected to do better, but uh, symbols such as Amazon, Microsoft, Facebook, and Google are expected to underperform the spider. So being very stock-specific and constructing baskets might be a way to play uh, the almanac, especially when we have such drastic movements back and forth each day and uncertainty out there. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the thing is, as you approach a seasonality window, you look for the bigger divergence too. So for example, if you have a particular group like the semis and they're already deeply discounted and the window says that they should be long, they should be favored, they should do well, then um, you have an opportunity to exploit that divergence. Mm -hmm. It could be a situation where actually, you know, the metals happen to be up and the semis happen to be down and as you go into the window the reverse is what the almanac says well you got a perfect starting point for both of those so that's the way to really gain an edge is look for that divergence yeah okay all right well let's um hit our stuff for tomorrow and um all the best sounds good good luck okay take care Thanks.